100.9 WCMP, your home for country music here in East Central Minnesota. My name is Joe Keyboard, and I am joined once again by Rod Greer, the University of Minnesota Agriculture Educator for Pine County, as he is here to talk about fall alfalfa harvest and stored grain pests. Rod, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Joe. How about yourself? Doing pretty good for a Friday. Rod, let's uh, jump right in and want to start with a general ag update. Yeah, we've had uh, some fair uh, dry and warm temperatures and and uh, conditions here this past couple weeks. We've had a little rain here recently, but uh, the, the kind of hot, dry winds have really helped dry down our corn and beans, so mm-hmm. they've moved ahead in maturity, and that's kind of a good news, bad news story. It's good because the grain's drying down. Yeah. Uh, bad news is that it means the stalks and the stems are drying too, so as we get some of these winds, we may see some stalk breakage as the stalks dry out and get brittle, and we've had some insects in there too eating away at them so we want to try to get that crop out as soon as we can now before it goes down and, mm-hmm. and we lose it but we had some rain it's going to slow things down a little bit but uh corn is about 90 percent mature okay and that is uh and we're about 35 to 40 percent harvested and that's about 10 days ahead of normal of okay. our normal five-year average so we're not worried yet i mean there the was uh warm temps and hot winds have helped catch up uh, yields are coming in a little bit better than expected, and I think some of that is just due to good breeding and genetics of the hybrids and varieties that we're growing these days. Yields uh, 100 to 140 is what I've been hearing in the east central Minnesota area. Uh, 140, 50 is kind of where our normal average would be. Uh, soybean maturity, we're about 10 days ahead there too, and soybeans are about 75 to 80 percent harvested across the state. There's still lots of beans to combine here locally, though. Some of the yields I've heard are in the low 30s to mid 40s. That's about average for us, too. Generally, you know, in the uh, uh, mid to upper 30s. Uh, Pastures have improved this fall. I think we've talked in the past couple weeks, too. We've got some nice growth, but it's been pretty watery. And you can really tell the difference between pastures that have been grazed in, in the right way, meaning they've had plenty mm-hmm. of rest, and those that have been continuously grazed. So I think we've had an opportunity to learn through this drought. Drought uh, kind of exposes the weaknesses, the weaknesses and the yeah. bad practices, too. Uh, but we are seeing some nice regrowth. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. Uh, hay prices continue to increase. Lots of poor quality hay being made out there, and I'm highly recommending that they uh, do some sampling. Hmm. Sample that hay before you buy it if you can. And we've got a a hay probe, and they can call our office to check that out and do some testing. Awesome. Well, uh, with recent rains, farmers are trying to make hay, you know, one more time before the winter. Uh, What should they be considering as they make that decision? Yeah, and anybody with ruminant animals that uh, can eat hay, whether it, you know, cattle, beef or dairy Mm -hmm. or goats or sheep, uh, they are are looking to make up for that shortfall from this summer when they didn't get the hay they planned on. And we can do some fall cutting of alfalfa, but it can disrupt fall dormancy. And why is that important? Well, that's when that plant and root uh, systems recover to make it through the winter. And when the temperatures start to decline and the days shorten, like we're seeing right now, the alfalfa plant begins to prepare for winter. And September, you know, the difference between uh, north to south in the state, but September 7th through the 15th is kind of what we call the no-cut zone. Okay. Because if you cut it then, 
uh, that plant's going to, you know, hey, it's still warm enough. The days are still long enough. I should continue growing like I've been doing all summer. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is it starts to deplete the root reserves. So you either want to cut it, had had it cut already, first Mm -hmm. part of September, or now wait till maybe the 20th of October, so a few more days. And then as the temperatures start to drop a little bit and we get some hard freezes, then you cut that alfalfa, still get some decent hay, but it won't regrow. Okay. So all those reserves will stay in the roots then for next spring to start out. So there's some things like that to think about. And also, you may need that hay, but if you cut that stubble now, you're then exposing those crowns of those alfalfa plants and those root systems uh, to colder temperatures. We all know when we get some nice snow on the ground, snow's an insulator. Mm -hmm. And if you have that, uh, say, six to eight inches of plants there, it catches more snow like a snow fence. Catches more snow there, provides that insulation, and protects those roots. So while you may need that hay this winter, you may regret it next spring and summer mm. when those plants don't come back. Yeah. So it might be penny wise and pound foolish. Hmm. As combines roll in the field, the harvest grains has to be stored somewhere. So what should growers do to ensure the quality of grain is maintained? Yeah, we were talking a little bit about the yields that are in the field. And mm-hmm. you know, we got to get it out of the field before the stalks blow over, the pods uh, snap and and uh, drop the seed on the ground. But we also need to make sure that once we get that grain in, mm-hmm. that uh, it's protected and the quality is maintained. And we can have some problems with insect pests in stored grain. Okay. And we want to make sure that our bins are sanitized from last year. Any problems that were there in 2020's crop, we want to make sure they're out of our bins, out of our wagons, our augers, our elevators, our our legs uh, that go up to our bins and all that, because we want to break those pest cycles from years before. No use uh, perpetuating a problem. So clean those wagons and everything else, anything that the new grain comes into contact with. And you might want to use a residual insecticide to provide some long-term control. Okay. Okay. But always read and follow label directions. We believe in integrated pest management, meaning try as as many natural, manual, mechanical Mm -hmm. mechanisms as you can. But sometimes you just do need a chemical control. Gotcha. So uh, what pests tend to harm stored grain? Yeah, uh, there's a, a couple of them. Sawtooth grain beetles, which as you look at them under the microscope, you see how they got their name. Mm. It looks like a little saw blade there. Uh, grain weevils, Indian meal moths, uh, they they are um, indiscriminate when it comes to who they like to, to infest. They go after corn and soybeans and wheat and small grains. And we can help you identify them if you want to uh, need to identify them. You may want to do that if you want to use specific types of control. Mm-hmm. Not everything works on all of them. Uh, and you can also look for signs like frass, hollowed out seed, exit holes in the corn grain, and then some webbing that maybe you know, gets kind of nasty when they have webbing and that the grain sticks together or clumps together. But uh, as with many things in life, prevention is the best mm-hmm. strategy. So clean those bins, augers, wagons, trucks, seal all the cracks, prevent uh, reinfestations would probably be the number one things you can do. Gotcha. So then what else can be done? Uh, once you got the, the grain in the bin, yeah. uh, running fans to keep the temperatures low. So the insects like it warm. They like com- they have got a comfort zone just like mm-hmm. humans and animals. So if you can get those get that grain down below 50 degrees, they won't develop as fast. They can still cause problems. And if we can get it down to 25, 
we can kill them off. Hmm. So oftentimes, though, if we just put a grain into a bin and we don't have a stirring mechanism, can't mix it up or blow air through it, you know how warm it can get in the middle of a grain bin? Uh, I have no idea. I'm, I'd assume pretty hot. 110 degrees or more. Wow. So, and when that happens, it starts to ferment and spoil yeah. the grain. And those insects, as it gets nice and warm, they produce, reproduce and eat more, and, and it becomes a vicious cycle. So you can aerate to help control it. Insecticide sprays, again, as I've talked about, on surfaces. You can also uh, add some insecticide to the grain as it comes in, but make sure that you know what the withdrawal periods are. So when you pull that grain out, that there's no residual insecticide. I suggest they go to extension.umn.edu and search for grain storage pests to get the best latest information. Gotcha. So then what else is going on with uh, with Pine County Ag? Yeah, we've got a land rent workshop coming up here November the 23rd, and that's going to be at the North Pine Government Center in Sandstone. And we'll have lots of great info for determining what is a fair rent. And okay. we do this kind of workshop every year. It's also always very well attended. It's designed for both owners, landowners, mm-hmm. and also renters to kind of find out now, what's the going market rate? What are the factors that affect rent? Mm-hmm. Because it's you know that's the location of the field, the size of the field, how it's been treated. You know, does the landowner fertilize? Does the renter fertilize? There's all kinds of factors yeah. that need to be considered as you decide what's a fair rent. So that's uh, November 23rd, North Pine uh, Government Center at 9 a.m. Stay tuned for more information. Also, again, broken record. That should be my middle name. Uh, good time to do soil tests. And we've got the bags. We've got the instructions. We've got a soil probe in our office. They can stop and check it out. Or they can give me a call. 320-591-1662. Awesome. Well, Rod, thank you so much for stopping on in and chatting with me. Thanks for having me, Joe.